In Jeremiah 12, 5, God challenges Jeremiah, If you have run with men and they have tired you out, how will you compete with horses? God offers you a similar challenge to live a life of biblical discipleship and to build a healthy marriage and a godly family. He never promises it will be easy, but it will always be worth it. Are you ready to run with horses? Hello, this is Norman, and welcome to Run With Horses. Hope you're having a great day. It's been a good day here in Wisconsin, getting kind of warm, finally getting into summertime. Thankfully, thankfully, thankfully for this southern boy, it's been too cold. Well, today, thinking about busyness. I don't know about you, but it seems like we're always busy. We always have too much going on, uh, too many things to do, and too little time to do it. And... I don't know about the rest of you, but it seems to me like that's just part of our culture, that society today tends to encourage us to be busy all the time. So most of us are too busy. And by that, how do you, how do you know if you're too busy? What do I mean by that? I say we don't have time for some of the things that we would say are important to us. And I'm speaking specifically as a Christian right now, you know, as someone who believes that. There's nothing more important than following Jesus and that my faith is central to my life. If you were like that, then there are some things that we would say in common that we probably both agree with. I I think it's important to spend time in God's Word, to spend time really pursuing God and thinking about Him and praying and praying for other people that I know that are in need and for serving and for time for the church fellowship and all of those kind of things I think are very, very important more than very important. I think they're the central tenets of my life. So I know many people who would say, I agree with you. This is the central part of my life. But then when you ask him and say, well, they're really struggling to read the Bible consistently. consistently, And one of the problems is time. Or I'm really struggling in my prayer life. And one of the problems again is, well, I don't know when to do it or time. I just have, I'm struggling. So we're always busy. And even if we're not really busy, we feel busy. And it it turns out that's just as tiring as actually being busy. I would say the problem isn't necessarily that we're not accomplishing anything, but we're not necessarily accomplishing the right things. So if you've ever struggled to find the time to read your Bible or to pray for your friend's salvation, or did you miss a small group meeting or a church gathering uh, because of just life, (laughs) then you're probably in this category of too busy. So, okay, let's let's pull back and be fair. A full discussion of this topic would include a lot of details like these. The average American spends 3.5 hours on their smartphone every day. Hmm. I'm sure the 47 minutes per day spent on YouTube aren't worth mentioning, <laughs> or the fact that the typical American watched three hours of, te- of TV every day in 2022, but that probably doesn't relate to your feeling of busyness, does it? <laughs> I know one college group that I spoke with, uh, they admitted, all of them, that they basically averaged watching a movie a day and more on the weekends. And yet they would say they struggled to spend five to ten minutes a day in God's Word. I was like, well, I can kind of see some ways that you might could free up some time. Are you a gamer? Hey, that two to four hours that most gamers hit per day probably doesn't matter when it comes to your struggle to find 15 minutes a day to read your Bible, does it? Ouch. 
Okay, okay, maybe it's a bit hard, but listen to this. You have time to do what you really want to do, period. You can also say, ouch, because <laughs> that's true too. Okay, you can let that rattle around in your head. That's actually not what we're talking about today. Worth a whole week of shows on its own to think about those things. But I understand that I'm not talking to everybody. There are people who are not gamers. I am not. Uh, there are people who don't watch a movie a day. I don't even remember the last movie that I watched. There are people who don't spend hours reading books or on Facebook or on YouTube or wasting time in any of the many ways that we can. So if you're not one of those people, I'm not talking to you. If you're the the single mom who has two jobs and you have three energetic boys and no family around to help, I get it. Your life's full. Okay, that's that's not most people, though. So I'm, I'm not talking to you. There are people who are absolutely... They're maxed out. I still think it's worth spending some time. Uh, you'll find peace when you put God first and squeeze out that five or ten minutes a day and spend time with Him. I think it'll help you through the rest of your day, but I understand there's some people who really are maxed out. Most people I know, however, are not in that category. So if you're average, and coincidentally, most of us are, it's kind of in the definition, <laughs> you have time to use as you see fit almost every day. So the question then becomes, well, how do you spend it? You have time, but what do you do with it? So if you're one of those people who would really like to grow spiritually, I mean, it is your intention to be growing in Christ-likeness, to be changing day to day, and really to be the person God wants you to be, well, I would assume that for you, like for me, it's in those smaller daily choices that the battle is usually won or lost. Give me, uh, I'll give an example. Do you check your Facebook page before or after your devotion time? Because that's often a rabbit hole that people get in and I'm just going to check this real quick. It'll take me two minutes and 30 minutes later, go, oh man, I lost track of time. It's time for dinner now. Or do you call that friend you've been meaning to pray for before or after watching that movie? Because you've got plenty of time to watch it afterward, but a couple of bathroom breaks, stand up to go to the bathroom a couple times, and then go to the refrigerator a couple times, and then by the end of the movie, you've forgotten what you were going to do, and you can't remember it. But if it's that important, I'll remember it later, right? Yeah, we often have good intentions, but we slip up in the details. If that's you, we'll keep listening for some advice on how to manage this chaos that seems to be life. <laughs> so... So to start with, I have a story to tell. And I first heard this story myself, eh, maybe around 15 years ago, as part of a college ministry and a pastor that I was working with shared this story. And I've never forgotten it. And it's always been helpful to me to go back and think about as I evaluate my life at different times. So first, there was this college professor. He's teaching a class. And he's really hoping to emphasize in the class today the importance of having clear priorities, and then following through with them. So he pulled out this large glass jar, and it had just a normal glass jar, nothing special about it, but he also pulled out a box with several big rocks, and he filled the jar with these large rocks, so probably fist-sized rocks. Once he's done, he looks at the class and asks, is the jar full? And of course, this is back in the days when teachers actually taught and students actually wanted to learn. So they said, yes, enthusiastically. They were right with him. The jar absolutely is full. No more large rocks will go in it. <laughs> so, okay, he put aside that box 
and he pulled out another box, and it had smaller rocks, pebbles, in it. So he proceeded to add those smaller pebbles into the spaces around the large rocks in the jar. Okay, now it's got more in it. He didn't take out any large rocks. So he says again, is the jar full? Yes, came the answer again. Obviously, this time, the jar's full. It was not full before. There were cracks and there were places, but it's full now. Okay, so he smiled, set the box of pebbles aside, and pulled out a plastic bin with sand in it. And he poured that sand over the rocks, over the petals, pebbles, and kind of shook it a little bit and helped the sand to settle down into the bottom of the jar and slowly fill in all those cracks from the bottom to the top, completely to the top, with sand. So now he looks at the class and says, Is the jar full? No, came the reply. The students finally realized something's up. <laughs> he's, he's tricking us here. So the professor smiled. That is starting to get it. And he pulled out a jar of water. And he slowly, carefully poured it over the rocks, pebbles, and sand until it was completely full. And then he turned to the class and said, Okay, now the jar is completely full. You, you literally can't add anything else to this jar without something coming out. So what is the lesson? And like always, there's the people who are paying attention, but they come to the wrong conclusion. So someone says, well, you can always fit in a little more. That's a very American reply. Of course, that, that's what we do, right? I am full, full tilt going as hard as I can, but I can always fit in a little more, right? Sure, that's how we get burnout and all those things and uh, burning the candle at both ends and all those things. So after a good laugh and an acknowledgement that we all do try to do that, the professor gave the lesson. The lesson of the jar and the rocks and the pebbles and the sand and the water is put the big rocks in first. Can you imagine if he had done the opposite or in any other order? He would not have been able to get in the same amount of stuff. If you put the water in and you fill the jar with water and you start putting sand in, it's not going to work. The, the sand's going to make the water overflow. You put the pebbles in and the big rocks are not going to fit. And you're going to end up with a big rock that does not fit in the, job, in the jar. Unless you put the big rocks in first, there is no other combination that will allow you to put the big rocks in and completely get all of them in there. So you have to put in the big rocks first and progressively work down to eventually water, which can fill in and flow in and out of the little cracks. Okay, this is important. I mean, this is, it's life-changing if you really understand it. I think it's, it's even, you could say it's the key to living the life God intended. If you want to live a life that's filled with true purpose and deeper meaning in life, put the big rocks in first. What that means is, first, you have to identify what are the big rocks in my life. Well, the simplest way to think about the big rocks, they are your priorities and your main purpose in life. What is really most important to you? Is the life that you're pursuing, are the things that you're pursuing in your life, that you're spending your time and effort on, the things that you want, are they really worth the effort it will take to achieve those?
What will it take to achieve that purpose? You need to see really both your goals in life and the action steps it will take to get there to figure out how to fill the jar that is your life. So if you're, if you're serious about making some life changes, get out a pencil and paper, or hey, if you want to live in the modern world, take notes on your cell phone, <laughs> but make a note to answer some questions for yourself. And the first question you have to answer is, what are my big rocks? That's the ones that are most important to identify. If you do not know what the big rocks are, there is almost no way that you will put them in in the right order. You have to know what the big rocks in your life are. What is most important to you? What is the core of your life? What are the things that you can't live without? That when you look back, say you live to be 90 years old and you look back at your life and you want to think about, is, was my life well spent? Did I accomplish things I wanted to accomplish? Did I feel like I, I spent my life on something worthwhile? What are the big things that you'll be looking for in that time? What are some examples? Well, I'm going to put spiritual growth uh, very near the top and say ultimately my relationship with God has to be the number one thing. But this process of growing is certainly going to be near the top and not changing and settling for less than what God intends for me to be. That's very important. But there are a whole slew of things that depending on who you are and where you are and what time of life even, because honestly, some big rocks do change over time. If you're a parent, that's a huge rock when your kids are little. I mean, when you have preschool kids, there you have to put that rock in almost first. <laughs> Because your kids, they absolutely rely on you. If you have an infant, that has to be probably the, the biggest or second biggest rock in your life. But as your kids grow, and if you're doing a good job of parenting and helping them learn to be independent and self-sufficient, which you should be doing, then that rock gets smaller over time. And eventually you can take that rock out and say, it's not a big rock. It's still a rock. It's still a pebble. It's still in my life. It's still important. But now I'm parenting at a different level, and it's not the most important thing in my life, unless your kids have problems, in which case, all of a sudden, you dump the jar out and put new rocks in. That, that happens, too. As a parent, that rock changes over time. But what are other ones? Well, your career is a big one. You know, you need a way of uh, supporting yourself, supporting your family, of providing for them. So that's going to be important. Just your family in general, if you have parents, if you have siblings, if you have extended family in the area, family is important. Your local church certainly should be important. Where is it on this scale? Do you have different activities that the church does? Where is the, the primary importance in your life? And we could talk about that. That'd be a whole another conversation. Often we don't place enough importance on the relationships in the church that God has given us. Community activities, friends, house upkeep, gardening, exercise, physical health, all these kind of things, hobbies. They're all rocks, pebbles or sand. How big are they? How big should they be? And really, as you develop this category list of the big areas of your life, it should be something you do thoughtfully and prayerfully. You should be looking at God's Word. What does God say should be important to me? What is important to me? Sometimes there are different things. Where am I at in life? Are there certain things that I cannot move? So once you've made that list and you've identified which ones are really big ones, and hopefully you've placed your personal relationship with God right at the top, you have to understand you have to look at this life and it has to be from your heart, not from what you'd like it to be. I, 
some people say, well, I would like to love God with all my heart, so soul, mind, and strength, but I just don't. Okay, well, that's honesty, but how do you change that if we understand that's where we should be? So your heart will ultimately determine your choices and reflect in your time management. Even if you want a rock to be bigger, if it's not where your heart is, you're probably not going to make changes and consistently keep that rock there. So you want to be prayerfully considering where your heart is and where it should be. So make that list and identify which ones are mission critical, the ones that are so important that you cannot function without them. So for each category, ask yourself as you're evaluating it, what does success look like in this area of life? And then it might be worth listing activities that contribute to being successful in each area of life. You're answering the question, what does it take to do well in this part of my life? Well, that's parenting, your career, your spiritual life. It's not enough to say, this is important to me, but to say, this is important. What does success look like? How do I get there? What actions go along with this activity, with this area that make it um, possible for me to make progress and go forward? You're not going to be perfect, but you'll be making progress. Okay, once you've done that, lay aside that paper and take out a calendar. And what you want to do is put in all of the immovable objects, all of the big, the big rocks that you have no control over, because there are rocks you control and there are rocks you don't. If you have a job, someone else probably makes your schedule. So you're going to have to put that on the schedule early because you're going to have to work around that. I, I would recommend putting your church schedule on there, your doctor appointments, things like that. And then you take your top three categories of life that you see are most important and figure out what activities go with them, and then put them on the calendar. So if you're a parent, that should be in your top three, most likely, particularly if you have young kids. And you're going to have to spend time with them to do well as a parent. So where does that time come in? It needs to be consistent. It should be daily and weekly. You're thinking about maybe small amounts of time on a daily basis, but weekly having at least one day where you're spending a larger amount of time. You've got to put that in early or you'll just run over that time. So if you follow my advice, the time that you spend alone with God is the most important part of your week, and it's the foundation that gives the rest of your life meaning, you want to put it in your, your best time, not the time when you're exhausted and you're, you feel like you've been run over by a truck. Uh, you want to think about the activities that are most important to you. Look at your calendar and say, given who I am and given my schedule, when do I have the most energy that's mental and physical, to give to this activity that I understand to be really important to me. Well, that means for me, I really need to spend my time with God in the morning. If I get past lunch and I haven't spent time with God, I know it's not going to be the quality time that it could have been. And if I have to get up early because of uh, leaving to go somewhere or something like that, and I come back to do my devotions after supper, say, they're probably going to be shorter because I'm not going to have the mental ability to really focus. I'm going to struggle a little bit. Uh, I'm still going to try to do it, but it's not my best time. My best time, and this is my personal schedule, I, I love to have this kind of schedule. Get up in the morning. I always get up and I'm starving, so breakfast is really high on my priority list. Have breakfast. Actually, I, I like to exercise and then have breakfast. And once I've done those two things, to sit down, having exercised, having had breakfast, my mind's alert, uh, I'm, I'm settled, I'm awake, and now if I can take my Bible, I can take uh, 
my church family in my mind, and I can pray for them. I can spend time in God's Word, maybe read some other books that I'm studying and trying to learn and grow. That's the perfect time for me. And if I have time to do it, I can easily spend an hour, hour and a half in that time having done those other things. And I I do feel like having exercised and had breakfast first is important because if I don't have breakfast first, then sometimes I get hungry. And I used to try I try to read my Bible and do that thing before breakfast. Well, then part of what happens is, well, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> so I need to move this along. <laughs> or if I haven't exercised yet, I've got up and I haven't moved around a whole lot. So I kind of I get tired of sitting. I'm not really ready for this yet. But if I've exercised, I'm a little tired, had breakfast, my stomach settled. Now I can do it. And sometimes when I can't or have a lighter exercise day, part of what I might do is spend some time reading my Bible, and then instead of sitting and praying, get up and go for a prayer walk and spend time actively praying. And that helps me too, if I haven't had the exercise ahead of time. So that works for me. The question is, what works for you? If you're a morning person, make sure you put that in your list early. Get in there and do it. Spend that time with God, and it will help the rest of your day to go well. Take the verses you're memorizing and put them on a card and take them with you. And let God be with you and, and working in you throughout the day. He's fresh at mind when you spent that time in the morning. If you're a night person, I don't understand you, but if you're a night person, you still need to find that time where you can be consistent and protect that time. And for me, I've always found that if I try to do it in the evening, even on, if I'm awake enough, I can't be consistent because some some evenings I'm going to have company, some evenings I'm going to be out, some evenings I'm going to have been busy and I'm more tired. So I can't be consistent if I try to do it uh, in the afternoon or evening. I can be consistent in the morning, can't do it in the evening. So if it works for you, pick a time that you can be consistent and then really, really protect that time. It could be that for you in your life and your schedule that throughout the week, Monday to Friday, you're at work and you have a long lunch break. I've heard of a lot of people that use their lunch break. That is the time they give to God. And they're really, they're ready to give him some of their lunch break every day. And they're consistent and they look forward to that. If that's you, awesome, knock it out of the park. If you do this, you'll go through each of your your big rocks, those big priorities in your life, and think about what are one or two of the key activities that go along with this. If you're a parent, spending time with your kids. If you're thinking about your spiritual life, that devotion, time with God. Think about your career. Hopefully, you've got your time settled and you can keep your career at work and not bring too much of that home. So that time is already on the the calendar. Um, You may have things like hobbies that really are important to you that you use partly as ministry, as outreach, as you get to know new people and say, well, this is valuable. Multiple reasons. One, it's stress relief and relaxing to me. Two, I meet new people through it. I'm able to have spiritual conversations. Awesome. That's a great way to look at it. Okay, where does that fit in in your priority list? When you get down to it, what are the activities that really make that valuable? So I used to uh, spend time with a couple of different clubs. Uh, One was a a remote control airplane club. I loved it. It was absolutely a blast. I enjoyed learning it. But what I found out was the, the main activity that we did was sitting around and talking. And just people would take turns flying airplanes. And if you could be at the right time, a lot of people say on a Saturday, would show up 10, 11 o'clock, fly for a while, and then have lunch together, maybe fly one more time and then go home. So if you could hit that lunch time, you could, I could spend less time, fly once or twice, 
and have really good conversations, get to know people, build relationships, have opportunities to share my faith. That was really valuable. That was the most valuable time. So if I planned it differently, I could go, but maybe there's only one person there or, oh, it's a bad time. Maybe a a weekday evening. It's hit or miss. It might be just me. So I found out those times, although that was fun for me to fly, it wasn't as valuable spiritually. And I just overall didn't feel like it was worth the effort when I went on those times. So I tried to hit the times when it did double duty. It allowed me to meet people and build relationships, and I could enjoy a couple of flights too. Consider your activities. <laughs> what are the big what are the big actions that go with each of those rocks? And as you're doing your priorities and you think about those activities, you're trying to fit them in your schedule with the big rocks first. And once you have the big rocks in, you're putting in those pebbles. When you have the pebbles in, once you get down to the sand, it's things that you could leave some of those out. So honestly, you might not like it, but you could probably leave out a lot of the time you spend on Facebook, on social media. Uh, probably some of those 47 minutes that people spend on YouTube every day are not looking up something they actually need. Now, I know some people, and I've done it myself, I need to do something, I need to fix something. So YouTube videos are awesome for learning how to do something. That's great. And particularly if you're learning how to do something that fits into one of your big priorities, hey, that's a really good use of that. But if you're just scrolling through wasting time, eh, that's probably a pebble or maybe even just water that you could exchange that with something else easily. What you'll find is if you put the big rocks in first, you get the things done that really help you to feel fulfilled and feel like I'm making progress. I'm growing in my spiritual life because I'm spending time in God's Word. I'm spending time in prayer. I'm memorizing Scripture. I'm spending time with my church family. I'm doing well at work. I'm going to work uh, rested because rest is one of those priority things that you should have. Uh, I'm doing the things in my big priority areas that keep me feeling like I'm making progress. And the things I'm not doing are the things that, did it really matter if I didn't spend an hour on uh, social media today? No, it, it really didn't. Did it matter that I didn't actually get to watch my favorite TV show today? No, really, in 10 years, you're not going to care that you didn't see that one episode of your favorite TV show or you didn't watch that latest movie or all these things that you're not going to matter. You're not going to care in 10 years. Well, don't care so much today. Put the effort in the things that really matter. So if you intentionally do this, if you put your big rocks into your day first, you will find that over time, there are very, very few things that you really care about that don't get done. You know, my daughter wants to be a songwriter. She needs to write songs on a regular basis. One song a year doesn't really make you a songwriter. Uh, you know, hey, I wrote two songs in the past two weeks, but I'm not a songwriter. She would not be happy looking back after 30 years and realize that she had this gift, but she had not really practiced it. What gifts has God given you? What responsibilities has God given you? What relationships has He given you to shepherd? You are a steward of all of life. And this idea of the big rocks and all of your priorities, you are a steward of all those things. So, much to most people's dismay, you can't just float through life and really be successful at all these things. So put in the big rocks first. Review your choices regularly and keep pursuing a life of righteousness and eternal value. The race before you requires patience. So whatever you do, keep running. Thanks for joining us today. If you have a question we can address on the show or just want to send us a word of encouragement, send an email to talk at runwithhorses.net. That's T-A-L-K at runwithhorses.net. 
We look forward to hearing from you. In the meantime, keep running.